Welcome into the Sports Burrito Podcast. We are back again, as always. It's me, Blake, here with Tobe, and uh, we're going to recap some of the wild, wild NFL playoffs we've had and some of the crazy off-the-field things we've all had as well. It's uh, It's been quite the year. It's almost over, dude. Yeah, almost over. Just one more Sunday left. But since we did miss pretty much all of the playoffs, we can just – Go back, review, you know, the games since wild card weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a, it's always a bittersweet moment, dude, because, you know, the Super Bowl is fun, and it's it's the culmination of a lot of hard work, and, you know, there can only be one winner, but it's always bittersweet because now after February 13th, we're not going to have any football again for, what, eight months? Yeah, but it's also, you know, a shift to college basketball and getting ready for March Madness. Oh, yeah, my, my favorite time of the year. But uh, yeah, we can go ahead and we can hop straight in, dude, to the uh, the wild card. Um, the first wild card game was uh, surprisingly really competitive between the uh, Cincinnati Bengals and the, the Vegas Raiders. Um, first off, the Raiders um, interim coach did an excellent job fixing the many many holes they had because of all the craziness. Um, they just just weren't enough for the Bengals, though. Just. Obviously, weren't weren't quite enough. Yeah, um, the offense didn't really look great. They missed a lot of opportunities in that game and had a shit ton of penalties. And I did not know this, but the Bengals are the least penalized team in the NFL. Pretty impressive. Next up after that, we had the Bills play a perfect game against Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Was that it was thirty rough. nothing at halftime? Uh, it it was bad. I, I don't know the exact. Score. It was it was bad. Um, yeah, no. they did not punt or kick a field goal. Literally a perfect game. Yeah, that Against was uh, arguably the best head coach in NFL history. Yeah, that's true, and he always performs in the playoffs. But the thing is, this is also the first time Bill Belichick's ever had to play in the wild card. And I don't know if that actually has anything to do with it. It's just coincidentally, the only time he's ever played in the wild card, he gets absolutely blown out. Um, so, I don't know. But yeah, this was the beginning of uh, the, I would assume, the Bills probably like domination they're going to have over that division. Um, I think they, they feel like a, a different level of confidence that people don't normally feel when they play the Patriots. Usually, I feel like a lot of times with the rookies, they play like weird against the Patriots and it works so well because they kind of know the the stigma and kind of play a little scared. So Josh Allen's definitely not, not scared of the Patriots. So yeah, that's for sure. Uh, after that, that was the Saturday games. It was a pretty good Saturday. Um, and we had some even better games. Uh, well, not really. <laughs> Actually, we had the Eagles and the, the Bucks and the score makes it look a little closer, but this game was – Awful, dude. Was, the Eagles. It, it was thirty-one nothing. Yeah, the Eagles really did not need to be here. It's very odd the difference between the the wild card in the NFC and the wild card in the AFC. There was definitely like a big, big gap there. 
other than the Steelers because they were not very good either. So, yeah, it's like the NFL adds an extra seed and they just happen to get blown out. It's very amazing. Yeah. Um, do you feel like Jalen Hurts is, is like the guy? I don't think he has the accuracy to, you know, win your games. And mm. I don't know how you can fix that. We'll just have to see. They're, they're going to have to get a little more creative on their offense. I mean, because a lot of people said that about, yeah, you know, when, like Lamar Jackson and stuff too. Yeah, when they're able to run the ball, the offense is pretty good. But, you know, I guess it was just a bad matchup for them. Also, them not beating a single opponent that's above 500 doesn't help either. That is an issue. Tends to be an issue. Um, after that, we did have a good game. Uh, the 49ers went into Dallas and uh, put it on the Cowboys. Swing 317, this elite Cowboys offense that had been racking up points came to almost a complete standstill. And um, it's pretty uh, pretty Cowboy-like, you know what I mean? It's, I mean... Yeah, one of the worst play calls you'll ever see. A QB draw with 13 seconds left and no timeouts. The sad part is, is I don't even know if it's a bad if it if he slides five yards earlier. It's a great play call. It's a great play call. Or if he just clocks to play normal, it's a great play call. Um, I don't know whether that call it's risky. It is a risky play call. I will say. The thing is, I'm not sure. You can you snap the ball with less than five seconds left, or is that just a college rule where you can't do that? I'm not. I, I, you can snap it and and, and you, clock the ball with less than five seconds left. Do you remember the Northern Illinois game, though, where they tried to spike it, but they couldn't because there was like less than three seconds or something like that? No, I don't remember that. I don't, I don't, I don't, I've never heard of that rule in college because I feel like I've seen people spike it before. Like it's pretty common at the end of games. Yeah, but not with like one second left on the clock. That's oh, if you hike it and the one second ticks off, obviously. Yeah. Like time's going to come off the clock, but if it's, it really just depends on when you hike it, I guess. Yeah. And after that game, we had the Steelers and the Chiefs. Steelers took the lead and then gave up, what was it, 35 straight points? Yeah, this was this was just a, a huge case of uh, the Steelers really not belonging there. And I feel bad. Oh, I don't. I kind of feel bad. kind of don't. And this is the last time we'll see Ben Roethlisberger. The Ravens fan in me is not very – doesn't feel very bad. But uh, it's, a, it's a tough way to go out. It's a tough one. But, I mean, the Chiefs are obviously better. We, we all knew that going into that game. Yeah, I mean, the only reason the Steelers were even in is because the Colts lost to the freaking Jaguars. And uh, Brandon Staley called a timeout. That's really the only to, reason is the, is the Brandon about, Staley thing, let, dude. When they were about to let the game in in a tie. Yeah, because the Chargers played the Chiefs so much better. So much better. This would have been such a better game. I don't know if the Chargers would have necessarily won, but it would have been a much better game. Yeah, we miss out on Justin Herbert in the playoffs, which is really yeah. We'll get it eventually. We got Philip Rivers. We'll get it. the Chargers will get together one year. Not um, so sure that coach is gonna pretend like a kicker doesn't exist. <laughs> we'll see. Or a uh, um, and then Monday we had uh, the Rams and the Cardinals, and this one kind of had the writing on the wall too. The, the Cardinals kind of limped into the playoffs for the second year in a row. Well, last year they missed it because they limped towards the end of the year. Um, yeah. 
and they, they just they just can't seem to get be healthy the last five six games of the year and they always this this has happened two two times now since Kyler got in the league and um, yeah the Rams were just much better in this game they just out super outplayed the Cardinals 34 11 is pretty bad yeah and it just seemed like the Cardinals couldn't get going on offense at all the whole game and they could not block for Murray. And it didn't seem like Murray uh, used his legs much either in that game. Yeah, it's also odd because they. Well, I, I'm pretty sure he was also he was a little injured. But I mean, the Cardinals did a lot to try to address O line this year, and for much of the year, it was it was a lot better. And then it just deteriorated towards the end of the year. Same thing with the defensive line with JJ Watt and Chandler Jones battling injuries. So either they're going to have to revamp up again, or they're going to have to get younger because it's it's very obvious that Rodney Hudson. J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones are towards the end of their primes. So, yeah, they're good when they're healthy, but they also they're old, good. which means they get hurt. Yeah. All right, moving on to a much better week of football, the divisional round. I would argue the best week of football in the at least in the playoffs that I've ever watched. Yeah, the best week of football. I think every game ended up ended with a walk off. Yeah, this is pretty hard to beat. Uh, but first one, we had Cincinnati Bengals at the number one seed, Tennessee Titans. And the Cincinnati pulled it out in 1916. But there's two things I took away from this. Ryan Tannehill is a bum and is not going to – he his job is to not lose you playoff games, and that's what he did. His job is to not lose you games, and he absolutely lost that game on his own. Two, Evan McPherson has fat nuts. Okay, and uh, three of the Bengals really need to work on O-line because it's nine sacks. You barely win games when stuff like that happens. I mean, all it takes is barely right now, evidently. True. (laughs) After that, that, we have the 49ers and the number one seeded Packers with that red-hot offense they played (laughs) earlier this year. Where uh, Mason Crosby walked it off, but you know, I guess Aaron Rodgers can't beat the Forty ers in the playoffs. I don't. I just. I just don't understand. And for what some happened. reason, he doesn't trust rece- receivers not named Devonte Adams because the only other wide receiver to catch the ball was Alan Lazard, and that was one time for six yards the whole game. Yeah, dude. I. I just. I don't. I don't Besides know what the it, first drive in that uh, long play to Aaron Jones, they did nothing on offense. And well, that would that play was especially annoying because Aaron Jones definitely should have scored. Um, he was wide open and he slowed down and then like ran into Chakwisky uh, Tart instead of trying to beat him to the pylon. Yeah, and but, it led to a blocked field goal too. Yeah, the the special teams really let down the Packers. Also, the, the offense wasn't great, but I mean. The defense was doing everything it could. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't give up a touchdown. This is the uh, the only other team I know of, off the top of my my head of recent that has won a NFL playoff game without scoring a touchdown was the Steelers when they beat the Chiefs in like 2017. They won like 18 to 16 on just field goals, and it was terrible. The game was awful, and I just it, it's really weird. It was really this was technically a good game. It had a good finish, but it was really not a fun game to watch. It was really. Really ugly, 
And really ugly uh, in the frozen tundra. And, you know, we obviously know that Aaron Rodgers is really good. But, you know, and you know he doesn't throw a lot of picks. But I wonder sometimes in games like this, is he too tentative and too not willing to take, like, big risks? And that's why he doesn't throw picks? I mean, it's not that he doesn't take risks. It's that he picks the right moments to take risks. But there had to be some other moments in this game where he should have taken a shot or two. I mean, that that third down shot at the end of the game to Devontae Adams where he had Lazard open, but... Just said, "Fuck it, Devontae's out that, there." It's true. That is true. I just, I don't know. It's, it seemed like it was a little too little, too late kind of thing. You know, like the whole game, we're gonna play really, really, really tentative and just kind of take our time. They, they, you know, it was almost like they made Aaron Rodgers a game manager for this game, and that was really weird to me. It doesn't Personally. help that they. <laughs> yeah, and their receiving leader was Aaron Jones, and he got most of that off of one play. But uh, is it yes or no? Is that the last time you see Aaron Rodgers in a Packers uniform? Honestly, I think he'll be back on the Packers next season. I have been leaning that way. I'm starting to think it's it's going to be either the Packers or the Broncos. I don't see it being anywhere else. Yeah, unless, you know, the Panthers owner Tepper can pull something out of his ass. I don't think Aaron Rodgers wants to go there. I don't. I don't see how that's an improvement over what the Packers do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not. Not unless you know you're gonna bring him some help. Yeah. Unless you trade. Also, get rid of Robbie Anderson and sign him another good receiver because Robbie Anderson's just he's got the yips. So, but regardless, Sunday this was the the best day of football. Um, the Rams come out, dude. They were firing. They were cooking the Buccaneers. We were all very much enjoying that this was going to be how, how uh, just just put Tom Brady out of his misery. And then what do you know? Tom Brady just starts inspiring his defense to force turnovers, like he does all the time, dude. It's, it's God, it was I was so stressed out watching this game. Fumble at the end of the game there. I was that. And everyone knew it was coming too. Yeah, you could feel it. It was in the air. I'm not even. I'm not there. I'm nowhere near Tampa. Okay, I'm hundreds of miles away. I could feel it. I could just feel it in the air that there was going to be a fumble or a pick, or Rogers was going to just throw it to Cooper Cup and triple coverage. Something's not at Roger Stafford. It was just. I felt like something stupid was going to happen. What do you know? And then coming up short on a 47 yarder. Yeah, and Matt Gay. You know Matt Gay on Madden has 97 kick power. Really? And he shorted a 47. He's a great kicker. I've never seen that before. There's almost no wind. He just was like, didn't put enough into it. And and, and then, you know, they tie the game up. And we're we're all. It had to do with uh, where he kicked the ball. That's why I didn't uh, have enough uh, power to get. It shouldn't happen. It should never happen. But then we're all like, oh, we're going to go to overtime. They kicked that field goal. We're going to go to overtime. Tom Brady's going to win again. And then Tepe just decided not to play any kind of real defense, and Cooper Cup just goes to work. Goes to work, and then I, 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 it's very odd. We'll talk about the the Bills and Kansas City game, the two huge differences in how to play wrong defense at the end of games. 
in like end of game serious moments, both of these teams did the exact opposite thing, but both super wrong. And it's very odd. There's a happy middle that you can sit in and not screw these games up. And neither team was just, they were like, nah, we're not going to do that. We're going to screw it up. I was amazed to not have a pre any type of deep safety and let the, the, this year, the best wide receiver for the NFL and just cook you over top is crazy. Yeah. And then the aforementioned Kansas City and Buffalo game. Uh, this was the most entertaining game I've ever witnessed. Especially that fourth quarter, dude. That fourth quarter was – that was money. That was some good, good football. You could tell both teams wanted, wanted it and – both Allen and Mahomes played their best playoff games. Yeah, that's 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 easily like the, you know, that feeling you get when like your teams in one, in, a, in a tight game. It's hard to yeah. get that feeling from two teams that you don't really care about. And I I got that feeling. I was like tense. I was watching every play. I wanted. I, I was very very super like locked in, and it was. Super worth it. I, I do hate the overtime rules. I really think we need to change it to, like, each team gets at, at least, the 50. At least for uh, the playoffs. Yeah, and, and then I hate the people that are like, well, you could get a stop. You know, they did have a chance. They had a chance to play defense. This is a prime example that when guys have been playing for two and a half hours, two hours, um, they're tired, and defenses are not going to play at the same level that they were. Man, it's a little bit easier to score. And I think, I think teams are the record is like they're six and two. The team that wins the coin toss in the playoffs. So uh, I think it's more like uh, it's like twelve and two, something like that. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's very it, lopsided. There's an obvious advantage, and you got to look at that. Um, but I also don't feel as bad because Kansas City did try to get it changed like four three years ago, um, and the Bills voted no for it. So did a bunch of other owners. So, I mean, whatever. But they obviously need to change something. The fans aren't happy with it. The players aren't happy with it. I think you give them the ball. Give each team the ball at the 50 and play it like college rules. And then if after three overtimes, you're like, no, nah, this is too long, make the kickers do a kickoff, like penalty kicks in soccer. That'd be so weird. I'd rather do the two-point conversion thing. We could do that too. But you didn't tell me the kickoff would be kind of entertaining. Like, let them start at 35. Then oh, the forty. That, that looks like something uh, they should do at like the Pro Bowl or something. That would also be sick, but like 35, 40, 45, 50, 55, and then all the way back to like a sixty yarder. And just have them to kick off. The Ravens would be like, Yes, we got Justin Tucker. <laughs> um but yeah, it was, it was it was a super great game. I do feel bad for Josh Allen because the dude played almost perfect. Him and Gabriel Davis, dude. Oh my gosh! What a what a random, what a random name, you know? We gotta pull. I'll, I'll pull that out of my ass twenty years from now. Like, do you remember when Gabriel Davis toasted the Kansas City Chiefs for four touchdowns? Yeah, hopefully he doesn't end up like Jonas Gray. Oh, uh, I think they plan on using Gabriel Davis. I think they're gonna get rid of Emmanuel Sanders and uh and uh, Colt Emmanuel Beasley. Sanders is kind of old. Yeah, Colt and Colt Beasley is kind of old and useless. But, like, that play where they brought that kid off the bench and Gabriel Davis, like, flattened him on that, uh, like, double move 
like laid him on the ground and then scored the touchdown. I wanted so badly for that to be the walk-off touchdown. That would have been the greatest walk-off touchdown in the history of the NFL. Not, not, even, not even a joke. If you come in and double move somebody and it looks like they got shot with a gun and then you just are standing wide open in the end zone to win the game and go to the AFC Championship, that's like that's all time right there. Yeah, I I did think they actually had it, you know, with 13 seconds left. Yeah, we'll talk about the irony of the 13 seconds in a minute. I have I have a I have a fun stat about the 13 seconds. So, uh, conference championship. Um, oh, like a couple days ago. Yeah, yeah, it feels like forever. I guess kind of. Um, the Kansas City and Cincinnati game was another. It, it's super weird that this was like a carbon copy of what happened in week 17. Yeah, um, pretty much. It was the exact same game. The Chiefs come out and it looked like they could do no wrong. And then that that right before half, them not getting those points changed that whole game. Absolutely changed it the whole game. And I don't know what Zach, Ta- Zach Taylor does in the uh, locker room, but whatever it is, he needs to do that all the time. Yeah, that second half uh, shut down the Chiefs both games, held them to three points in the second half of both games. Yeah, made Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill look very pedestrian. Um, it was very weird to watch. Patrick Mahomes was running around, but it wasn't like working out anymore. It was just kind of – it was really impressive to be able to guard down the field that long while he's running around because usually that like spells bad news because you can only guard people that sp- so long. It was super impressive. I, even though I don't care, <laughs> I don't love Eli Apple. He played great in the second half. Jesse Bates was fantastic. Oh, yeah, Jesse uh, Bates is awesome. Von Bell is good, too. Eli Apple, um, I don't – he's very unlikable. And then on offense to me, T. Higgins is without a doubt the unsung hero. That dude was super clutch, does not drop balls. He was winning one-on-ones when they were doubling Jamar Chase, and the dude had a great game. Fantastic game. Yep, and uh, special teams, Evan McPherson, Money McPherson. Yeah. Four and then, field goals, including a 52-yarder take the lead. Yeah, didn't it? Wasn't it kind of weird, though, that it kind of felt like Joe Burrow had like kind of an Eli Manning game? Because he didn't play particularly well, but he just kind of didn't give up and just kind of, when it mattered, he didn't fold under pressure. He just kind of made it happen. I don't know what else to – because he didn't do anything that particularly wowed me. He just made shit happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, that third and seven – uh play yeah how did he not go down yeah i don't know it was it was very very eli versus the patriots looking um but the uh the ironic thing i was gonna tell you um it took 13 seconds for patrick mahomes to come back and crush the uh the bills right there it took 13 seconds in overtime for him to throw the interception the ball got picked off at 1447 left in overtime stat that yeah, the exact same amount of time. Super irony. The the football gods did not grace Patrick Mahomes like they do Tom Brady. <laughs> Usually. So um then the other great game, the 49ers and the Rams. Um I don't know about you, dude. I want so badly for Matthew Stafford to win the Super Bowl. Like yeah. the dude deserves it more than anybody. Yeah, being on a terrible franchise his whole career. Yeah. 
But it also comes at the cost of Jalen Ramsey and Odell winning Super Bowls. I don't – I would – honestly, I'm more on Odell's side now than I saw what happens when he plays with a good quarterback. The dude is not bad, and the Browns have been trying to convince us for three years that he's bad at football, and he's not. And and this, this is proof of that. He was great in this game, absolutely fantastic. He's good – on the outside, he, they move him in and run some slot routes. He's good in short game. He runs good deep routes. He's still Odell. And he doesn't even have to do the one-handed catches. He had a good, like, real technical game. And I, I don't think – like, I don't, I've never had really any hate for Odell. So, But Jalen Ramsey, no, I don't care for. But we also get Aaron Donald in the Super Bowl, who also deserves it. So, Yeah, and, you know, Von Miller still gives me nightmares. Yeah, Von Miller's also an absolute – Menace, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So the Rams almost choked this game away, but uh, Matthew Stafford, dude, he just he just comes in clutch when you need him, and then the defense did the same thing. Um, I felt bad for Jimmy Garoppolo there at the end. They just were like Kyle Shanahan was just running deep routes, and the O line just was like had given up. And it was bad. Yeah, and that last pick, um, receiver should at least drop it. I I don't get why they pop it up in the air sometimes. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to think about that, I guess, in real time, you know, because it is happening so fast. But it was obviously not the right play. But, yeah, I mean, well, either it way. Was, it was either that or take a sack and be like fourth and 30. You take that sack, the game's over anyway, so. I mean, he just was trying to make something happen. You know, I'm I'm a known not big Jimmy G fan, but um, I he actually played pretty well this game. And he's been I taking, he's been taking the beating from the media for well, no reason. I tell you, I was sitting on the couch and I was watching the game with Carson, and I told her after he threw that second touchdown, I was like, the 49ers are going to lose this game, and she was like, why? They're winning by like I don't know, it was ten at the time. I said, they never win when Jimmy Garoppolo plays good. I don't know why. He's playing really well. If they, he throws a touchdown in the playoffs, automatic loss. Automatic loss. They don't, they don't win. He has to play awful for the 49ers to win playoff games. It's just the way it works. I don't know what to tell you. It's just the way it is. Uh, I also think this is his last game as a 49er, or at least as a starting quarterback for the 49ers. Um. I think he can be a starter somewhere else, but I do think so. Yeah, I do think this will be his last game. Yeah, it's it's not quite. He's not. After I looked at the list of quarterbacks to play in the NFL now, now that we're losing some guys, he's not like bottom five. Like sometimes I I seem to make him seem he's somewhere in the middle of the pack. You know, he's around fourteen, fifteen, sixteen overall quarterbacks, and that's obviously he's worth the start. Um, I think yeah. the Panthers could use him. Washington could use him. Um, if Denver doesn't get Aaron Rodgers, they could use him. There's lots of other teams that could use him. And he's a, he's a good game manager, and he usually doesn't lose games for you. So I'm sure he'll play somewhere else, but it's, it's pretty obvious. Um, earned your respect after, you know, you said before the season he'd be benched by week four. Well, before this year, I hadn't seen him have a full good year of football in like three or four years. So not since two thousand, yeah, two thousand nineteen. So, but it it felt like a long time, dude. Like especially with football, whole seasons of not like like people forget Michael Thomas exists. You know what I mean? 
Like I, I forget he exists all the time because he hasn't played in two years. Um, but I, I, I definitely thought he earned a modicum of my respect. He's also very handsome, so that helps a little bit. Very handsome and very Italian. Is he Italian? Do you do you know for sure? Yeah, he's Italian. Garoppolo does sound very Chicago. Italian. Chicago. Yeah. Chicago. All right. Um, you want to go into the? You want to do our little Super Bowl prep, or let's you want to do? Let's do the coaching stuff first. Uh, obviously, we're gonna go the coaching cycle right now. Um, I'm just gonna go ahead and get it out of the way. Josh McDaniels for the Raiders is a terrible hire. Um, if the Vikings hire Jim Harbaugh, it's a terrible hire. I think, um, they, I think they. It's not official yet, but he's probably going to be the coach. More than like, the Michigan said, they expect him to be an NFL coach next year. That's what they. That's what they. They said they do not expect him to be the coach at Michigan next year, which is wild. Um, uh, the the Brian Flores mess is terrible and a little but also kind of hilarious. Like if the Dolphins don't fire him and don't do that to him, don't do him like do him dirty firing him like that, this mess is not happening. He's obviously not gonna talk about it if he's still got a job, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean so, who would have thought that Brian Flores might be the savior that the Dolphins need because that owner is fucking awful. Yeah, dude, he's terrible, and he doesn't know, like, he, it's, it, it's, it's like he wants them to be a good team, and then, want, but still wants to get in the way every time there's a chance of it, and I don't, I don't understand, but, yeah, if, if you haven't heard yet, um, it was rumored, it's, Brian Flores says that uh, the owner of the Dolphins was paying him, trying to pay him $100,000 a game to throw games uh, the year before this year. Um, and he was getting yelled at if they, uh, if, if they won games like they did towards the end of the year and dropped to the five spot. Because he didn't want to, uh, he wanted Joe Burrow. Um, I guess at the beginning it was to tank for Tua, but eventually it became for Joe Burrow. Yeah, and eventually, I think Brian Flores was the only person in Miami that wanted uh, Herbert. Which would have been probably a better move, I would say, because uh, in my in my humble opinion, uh, I think Tua stinks, but it doesn't help that they also run like 50% RPOs, which is like the hardest way to tell if a quarterback's actually good or not, because it's like the easiest simple read. You got your head downfield, and then if there's a linebacker dropping down, you throw it. If there's a line, if you stand back, you hand it off. That's basically how it works. So yeah. I don't. It doesn't help that two is a lefty either, and it's just lefties weird for, suck. Weird for receivers. Weird for defenses. Weird for everyone. And yeah, he's it's not just natural lefty either. Yeah, if you're a lefty, you need to play basketball. Basketball, it's an advantage. Football, it's a weird thing. So we're just not gonna, especially yeah, quarterback. Tua should have played baseball instead. Yeah, but so we got the Eagles. Um, I actually really like the Bears hire of Matt Eberflus. Um, I think he's he seems like a good guy. He seems like he really wants to be there. Um, and he feels he seems like he's not going to neglect one side of the ball like Matt Dangy did um, for most of his tenure there. And replacing the GM, I don't remember who the GM's name was, but um, 
I, can, I forget his name off the top of my head, but um, the Bears, they obviously needed a full overhaul. So they'll hopefully they'll go in a better direction now. Um, who else do we have? Oh, the Giants. Um, I think Brian Dabble is definitely a better option than Joe Judge. Would you, would you agree? Be a worse option than Joe Judge. You have to literally be like Matt Rule. No, Adam Gase is pretty bad, dude. Adam Gase would have been a worse option. I'll tell you that, right? Matt Rule is not that bad. Y'all hate on Matt he, Rule. He's he, not lost that bad. To, he lost to Joe Judge. Come on. He lost to that Giants team where they Matt Rule's not. And they got blown the fuck out. You're gonna you're gonna look you're gonna hate it this year when the Panthers are gonna win the NFC South this year and y'all you're gonna you're gonna have to eat it. Well, now the Raiders is tired. I have no idea who the fuck is gonna win the NFC South. It's gonna be the Panthers. There is it's it's the writing's on the wall. It's on the wall. The Saints have to reset. So regardless. Uh so the Saints speaking of the Saints, they still are empty. Um the um, Texans are still empty. The Dolphins are still empty, and the Jaguars. Right? Did the Jaguars hire anybody yet? No, they they were supposed to hire Leftwich, but Leftwich doesn't want um, Balky as the GM. Fair enough. Seems like nobody wants that dude as the freaking GM of the Jaguars, except for the dude who owns the Jaguars. Well, the dude who owns the Jaguars is on vacation in a yacht nice. in the middle of somewhere, so he's not even involved right now. Absolutely amazing. That's very Jaguars. Very Jaguarish. That's that's great. Um, yeah, they're gonna ruin Trevor Lawrence, even if absolutely. I said that before. He, even if he wasn't gonna be a bust, it's like pretty much guaranteed. I told you before the year started. Absolutely, it wasn't gonna work out. It was. It was just not going to work out. I thought some of these rookie quarterbacks would be a little better, but I was on Trevor Lawrence not being successful at least this year. Um, and then you know the rest of them really didn't play that well either, other than Matt hard Jones. To, but hard to be successful when your receivers are running into each other and your coach is finger banging co-eds. I mean, <laughs> I mean, this is fair enough. I mean. I guess I'm, I'm, I'm. I guess you know, Urban Meyer also could have been a better football coach and finger banging co-eds, and it probably would have been a little better, you know. But he also couldn't coach football, which didn't help, um, at least not at the NFL level. Um, that's all the. Oh, the Texans, dude, don't hire Josh McCown. If if anyone in the Texas organization happens to turn on this podcast, don't hire Josh McCown as a head coach, dude. It's a bad idea. Dude has no coaching experience. It's a bad idea. We also have uh, the Broncos hiring the Packers' um, OC Hackett. Yeah, which was a little weird because I don't feel like he was especially great as an offensive coordinator because, I mean, he had so much to work with with the Packers, you know what I mean? He's got a great, like, scat back. I think that's what I would, I would define Aaron Jones as now. He can run a little bit, but he's more of a scat back now. A.J. Dillon is a pure runner. Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback. A solid O-line, and then the best receiver in the NFL. And you put up, what, 10 points in the playoffs? So and the freezing tundra. That Lambeau home field advantage. Yeah, I don't... I thought it was a bit odd for the Broncos to go for that. Um, I, I just, I don't know. But it might, might work out. Might be a ploy to... You know, try to lure on Rodgers to good old Denver. High I think that's, I think that's the sole reason. That's got to be the whole reason, dude. 
But what if they're wrong and he like hates that that guy? <laughs> he blames him for their, their non-success. <laughs> well, he, he already spoke about it. I think it was uh, last week. He said okay. he loved the guy, congratulated him, said he, he was like the best OC he had, something like that. Huh. Well, that's nice. That's nice to hear. I didn't see that. I missed that. Apparently, they were really close. Hmm. Well, the Broncos, look, they're thinking back pocket strats, dude. They're... I wonder if they were um, also visibly drunk when they interviewed this guy, like they were with Flores. Probably. Probably a little I mean, maybe not. I don't know. I mean, it seems like John Elway is always either drunk or high or something. Oh, yeah. We, we do need to talk about the fact that it, it's hilarious that with what the Brian Flores things, that Bill Belichick's the one who blew the whistle on accident. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this was planned by Belichick. <laughs> Belichick you know, was like, I don't know. want no one in the Northeast to have any success. I'm just going to blow the whole thing up. <laughs> you know, he was like, you know what? I don't like how the Dolphins beat us every year. <laughs> I don't like how the Giants beat us in two yeah. Super Bowls. And I don't like losing to the Broncos <laughs> in the AFC Championship game. Yeah, you notice how it connects to every single team that, that he has some, like, hateful connection to like Brian Dabble just left the bills. I don't know if it necessarily looks bad on the bills, but he just left the bills who blew them out. The giants have obviously done nasty things to Bill Belichick, the dolphins. For some reason he can't beat the dolphins in Miami. And then, <laughs> and then uh, the, the Broncos, like you said, said that is pretty funny. Honestly, it's all those, yeah, those teams. The dude, the dudes, he is he is Emperor Palpatine, dude. He's evil. Yeah, well, Darth Vader just retired over here. Yeah, yeah. I guess we'll get to that. Um, I'm a little irritated that uh, it, I would be irritated if I was Tom Brady too. That Adam Schefter don't doesn't let me make my own announcement. Yeah, you know that's, that's that's ESPN for you. They have no morals as a company. They fucking stink. They suck. I hate, but, I hate their programming most of the time. Yeah, I think I think the that that's a that's a lesson to any quarterback that's getting ready to retire. You reach out to Adam Schefter yourself and you tell him, you little squirrely faced asshole. I'm gonna say this myself. Don't say anything. I am retiring, but don't say shit. And then let me do it and you'll get to you'll I'll, I'll tell it to you first. Just let me do my own thing. Yeah, this that's is all a second. This is this is the second time Schefter fucked up. I mean, ESPN did it all year. Ben Roethlisberger never said he was going to retire this year until the end. And the whole year, we're treating him like he's already retiring. Like we can we can do that in silent and not do a oh Ben Roethlisberger's last time in Pittsburgh. Every like you know what I mean, or the last well, time no, in no, in Baltimore. Did, he did tell like everybody that this was his last season as a Steeler. Yes, and I guess I know that implies it, but they acted like he was they, – they were like second game. They are like, yeah, this is his last season in the NFL. And then I mean, the f- – Anyone that watches watched him play this year, you, you knew. We, we knew, but we don't have to say it. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, but – Brady, he, he did it the right way. Go out on your own terms, even though Schefter fucked it up. Did it like – yeah. Three days early, and yeah, I would tweeting on Saturday. Uh, congratulations! And then, <laughs> now, now you, how can you come back from that if you're on the fence? And then Schefter does that shit. 
Yeah, I mean, this you, is what what I you, thought was going to happen, dude. Is I was you like, thought, you thought he was going to tweet out the Wolf of Wall Street GIF? <laughs> I was I like, I thought that was going to. I thought he was going to, out of spite, like you know what, Schefter, suck my dick, dude. I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm going to play another year just because you you did that shit. I would have been so mad, at Adam Schefter, because like his whole fucking career. Yeah, dude, that just been like, you know what, dude, you're wrong, and actually, I'm going to play anyway. So eat it, suck it, um, out of spite, because Tom Brady would definitely do that, and then come back and throw another forty touchdowns. But the the big thing, I think he watched Ben Roethlisberger and was like, I don't want to be that. <laughs> He's watched Drew Brees. He watched Ben Roethlisberger. He watched their arms fall apart and the absolute like well, dumping they happened. took from the media. Same thing happened to Peyton Manning too. He was throwing ducks in the Super Bowl. Yeah, but Peyton Manning went out on top. But we were all kind of like dumping on Drew Brees and and Ben Roethlisberger. So I don't think it, Tom Brady ever wants to be looked at in that kind of light. So he was like, "We're just gonna I'm gonna go out with 53 tu- 43 touchdowns. You know, just fine, just a little casual 43. You know what I mean? Didn't he have like five thousand yards? He had a great year. Great year. He's 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 the best. And I don't I don't want any, anybody that tries to argue against me. Like you know, like I get the ring thing. And I, and, you know, people act like he's lucky. Yeah, he's had some luck, but he's the best. Yeah, he owns, being, you know, 199 pick to the best, best late round pick in sports history is the greatest player in NFL history. And one of the greatest athletes that's ever played. One of the best across all sports, because I mean, the like, and then I don't, I don't like it when people try to use longevity as a knock on him. Longevity is a skill. That's that's something rare that he played in the NFL this long at that high of a level. We just watched Ben Roethlisberger, who is a Hall of Fame quarterback, fall apart. We watched Drew Brees fall apart, who is a one of the top five greatest quarterbacks of all time. He fell apart, and he played well, less seasons. I don't think those two were you know eating avocado ice cream like Tom Brady does. That's fair, but I mean that's part of the thing that he committed. He committed to football for life, yeah. and. And I mean, Drew Brees took care of himself. That's not the thing. I don't. Drew Brees was more injuries than anything. And Tom, there's a mix of luck with that, and there's a mix of luck with his Super Bowls. But regardless, he won, and he did it on a consistent basis. I mean, well, I think Ben uh, was just doing a little too much with, um, you know, Playboy magazines and you know, stuff in his face, motorcycles, and yeah, all that. Um, I I do think though. I think if Tom really wants to shut everybody up. The thing that I think he could really do, uh, he should come out and retire. He's saying, never mind, you know, I'm not going to retire. I'm going to go play for the Detroit Lions. And then win a Super Bowl with the D- Detroit Lions. If he does that, <laughs> I, there's no doubt. There's no There's no doubt in anyone's mind. <laughs> Can you imagine if he did put on a uniform with the Lions and went to the Super Bowl next year? No way, no. Dude, Amon Ross St. Brown is all of a sudden an 1,800-yard receiver. <laughs> Khalif Raymond, offensive player of the year. DeAndre Swift runs for 1,500 yards. It would be – it, dude. The, the, I mean, it's hard to have greatness follow you everywhere. I mean – It's it's hard to break a city that's fucking cursed. Yeah, but I mean, but just in general, like even like Michael Jordan, when he went to the Wizards at the end of his career, like he, he's someone who had a lot of longevity. 
it, it wasn't the same. He wasn't like elevating the Wizards. Tom Brady elevated the team everywhere he went. That's yeah. beyond impressive. And also the Buccaneers did go all out. And they, they already had off weapons on offense, but they did. They went went out on defense. Uh they signed Gronk. They signed A B. They one hundred percent did. They went for it and you know they did they got a Super Bowl out of it and they're about they're about to be bad. They're about to be in a, a bit of some cap troubles and they have no quarterback because I don't think Kyle Trask is it. But I mean, um Kyle Trask definitely ain't it. And this but, draft this draft upcoming draft class doesn't really have a lot of, you know, quarterbacks that last year's did or I disagree. Even two thousand nineteen's draft. I disagree. I think w- this is one of the drafts where we're going to get hoodwinked because last year everybody was really high on all these quarterbacks, and I think that draft's going to suck, and then this draft's going to be better. Yeah. Are you sure this won't be like the Christian Ponder, EJ Manuel draft? I think this is going to be a bit like the the Josh Rosen draft where there's going to be a couple of them that have absolutely hoodwinked the media, Sam Howell, and then we're going to um, – and we're gonna, you know, think they're gonna be good, and then they're gonna suck, and then there's gonna be a couple of them that are elite. And because there's a there's a vacuum, dude. There's a vacuum now in the NFL of of missing quarterbacks. You know what I mean? We we've got yeah. some holes now that we haven't had in a little while. Yeah, it also feels like with the media success that guys like Herbert and Mahomes have had, that um teams are gonna be a little quick to pull the trigger on young guys. Yeah, and I I don't, I don't blame him necessarily. I really don't. Um, but I I just like I, I think that one of who am I trying to think of? Shit, my brain is my brain just locked up. One of Matt Corral, Malik Willis, and Kenny Pickett are going to be an elite quarterback, and I have no doubt in my mind that one of them are. Okay, out of all out of the three that you just named, who would you guess would become a Hall of Famer? I think who who has the best like oh, that's a that is really best to become chance, a Hall of Famer. The best chance, <laughs> best potential. <laughs> um, uh, um, I think Malik Willis has the best potential, but he has the worst decision making. He reminds me. He reminds me of uh, dude. What's his name? He honestly reminds me a lot of RG three, um. But that's not that's not that's not a very good boat for him. But he's got like just a knack for making plays. But I think the best overall quarterback and has the highest floor and then a good ceiling is Matt Corral. I think he is a really really good quarterback who has a really good deep ball. He can. He is mobile enough. He's not like a running quarterback, but he's mobile, and I think he's he's got a good head on his shoulders. He's a smart guy, and he can read defenses for real. And I think he's. I think his dude's gonna be good. Yeah, I think Matt Corral will be the best out of all of them because he actually played in the freaking bowl game. <laughs> That's why you think just just you're giving the edge because because he's he got just, heart. He, he, yeah, he just has the intangibles and the leadership. Like, you know, can you pick it up there? But you remember it. So, like, in 2018, we had Baker, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen come off the board, right? And then Lamar Jackson in the last round. Very similar 
to the way we kind of feel about quarterbacks this year, where everybody's kind of got their guy that they like, and we might have somebody reach on one and reach on one here or there. And some of them are going to be – this was around that time there was a vacuum. You know, Peyton Manning was gone. Um, Phillip Rivers was starting to leave. You know, there's a vacuum of quarterback talent, and then it filled it. And that's – it's just the way it works. When there's when there's a void, something's got to fill it. So, yeah, but, but also, I think this year is rare that there are going to be like a bunch of free agent quarterbacks – there's also more holes than we've had at the quarterback position in a de- in, in a long time. Yeah, I definitely think someone's going to reach on one of these guys, but I I don't think there will be more than two quarterbacks taken in the first round this draft. I really don't do now. Now that the Buccaneers need a quarterback, the Saints. I don't know how they feel about Jameis. I think they should keep Jameis, but I don't know how they feel. They the Panthers need a quarterback. Washington needs a quarterback. The Broncos need a quarterback. The, the, I don't know how the Packers feel about Jordan Love. They might need a quarterback. We don't know what the new coaching staff really feels about Daniel Jones. There's a lot of uncertainty there. Of course, they say Daniel Jones. They're not going to kick him to the curb before they do their due diligence on these other quarterbacks. But there's a lot of teams. The Falcons might need one. There's a, there's a, just a lot of holes. Oh, I just realized Matt Ryan is old as shit. It's very old, and his arm is starting to die off, and it's very apparent that he's going to hit that wall too. So there's a lot of holes, and people reach. Like you know, how, you remember how bad of a reach everybody thought it was for the Ravens to jump up and take Lamar Jackson, and how bad of a reach it was for Josh Rosen. Oh God. Yeah. You mean you mean Josh Allen? Josh Allen, what the people thought that was a reach. Um. I mean, all of it. Baker Mayfield was a super reach to a lot of people. Take him at the one. You know, I mean, this is just a, it's a, it's a bit different, and I, I don't, I don't know, dude. It's it's and then we I, the, the weird thing is is there's almost none farther down the line. I guess those five guys, and then like nobody else. Yeah, it just drops off. It's Carson Strong it's- after those guys, and that's it. Carson Strong and Sam Owl. So, which is a lot like that year, because after Lamar Jackson went, the next pick, quarterbacks picked were third round Mason Rudolph, fourth round Kyle Laletta, and fifth round legend Mike White, and then a bunch of other scrubs who never even played in the NFL. So, yeah. All right, but that is a little bit of the off season look forward. Um, the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl. We got the the Bengals have not been a very good franchise for a long time and for pretty much their whole history because they have the worst owner in the league the cheapest owner in the league they don't have an indoor practice facility that is sad but joey burr has got him there dude somehow some way well not just joey burr we do we do focus on joey burr but that defense has balled out dude yeah that defense Jesse Bates. Jesse Bates, Trey Hendrickson, B.J. Hill played fantastic in that game. He had the nice pick. Where did this Trey Hendrickson guy come from? He came from the Saints. He was great last year. And then we all kind of thought the Bengals overpaid him because the Saints were willing to let him go, and it was a little weird. Um, and he is he's fantastic. And Sam Hubbard's played well. The linebacker Logan Wilson was one of the most underrated picks from that draft a couple years ago. 
He's out of Wyoming. The dude is like a tackling machine, and now and he's even good in coverage. Like he's better in coverage than Patrick Queen and Devin White is, but he didn't test as well at the combine. That was the whole reason he went like second round, third round, or whatever. Um, and they drafted a freaking kicker. Yeah, Evan McPherson is a dog, and then the corners have been playing a little more, a little better than their actual ability. Elabel, obviously, who is. Not been a good cornerback in the NFL. You know something I just noticed? It's like you're naming all these people from the Saints defense that was one pass interference away from the Super Bowl. A little bit. A little bit. I mean, it was just Eli Apple and Trey Hendrickson. but And uh, Von Bell. I forgot Von Bell did play on that team. Uh, And then you've got uh, Chidobi Awuzie, who's been fantastic, and Mike Hilton, who has been probably – if he would have been someone who was injured last year, would be on the most improved player track, like impossible. He he has been fantastic this year compared to years prior. And I mean, and then Jamar Chase is like the whole X factor that changed this whole year. Because I mean, Joe Burrow's been good, but there's been a lot of balls where Jamar Chase has took a regular play, a regular like like five, six, ten yard pass, and took it to the house and changed games. Yeah. Um. So it's. It all come together at the right time. The exact opposite of what the Bengals have had happen for the past 40 years. Yeah, and on the other side, you have a feel-good story with Matthew Stafford and OBJ leaving, you know, bad situations and, you know, finding themselves in the Super Bowl and Sean McVay getting his second shot at it. You got the best defensive line in the league versus – a team that gave up nine sacks in a playoff game. Yeah, I'm I'm a bit worried about uh and, about. And you can Pat say Aaron maybe Donald. it's because Joe holds the ball too long or whatever, but nine mm. sacks is nine sacks. There were there were some times that it was not that there there was like he had like a second maybe. So I mean, I, yeah, I'm not. I'm a bit worried because uh, especially the guard play for the Bengals is what suspect. The tackles have been fine. The guard play has been very suspect. A lot yeah, of pressure from right up the middle, and that's what Aaron Donald does. Uh, yeah, but to the Bengals' uh, credit, they have been w- one of the better quick pass teams in the league. That is and true, Joe, but then Joe Burrow has a quick release. But now, Jamar Chase is going to be followed everywhere by probably the best cornerback in the NFL. So I think this is going to be another game that T. Higgins is going to have to take over, in my opinion. T. Higgins and Tyler Board. Been a little quiet, but yeah, Tyler Boyd's no slouch for sure. Yeah, it's going to be a big Tyler Boyd, Boyd game. Um, I don't know if Uzama is going to get to play or not. I'm not sure. Both tight ends for both teams have an MCL injury, so Higby's going to be. But Drew Blanton looked really good for the Rams in that game against the 49ers. Um, but to me, yeah, this this game is going to come down to the 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 trenches, the two lines playing on both sides. And then the two best receivers on the field, Jamar Chase and Cooper Cup. Yeah, I also think it's going to come down to who's going to be able to, you know, dominate the run game and see if uh, Mixon can't, you know, get involved really in the pass game. I do do know the Rams have a great D-line and all, but they don't have a, you know, great rush defense. Yeah, they don't have great coverage linebackers either. They're, they're kind of just guys that kind of fill in and do their job, but none of them are, like, excellent. 
obviously you can't pay like <laughs> an entire crazy defense, but um, I, I know you're leaning Bengals because you're, you're, you know, you're, you're kind of a become a Bengals fan over the last year, moving close to the, the Bengals and all that. I get it. It's fine. But uh, I'm, Maybe it's my own like partiality for Matthew Stafford and how I feel about Matthew Stafford, but I do think the Rams are going to win this game. It just kind of feels like a. It, it feels like it's going to be like 2015 all over again. Like but we're going to lean into like a franchise that's been waiting for this moment, and then they're going to get heavily disappointed. Yeah, and I, I also have a lot of respect for Matthew Stafford. I, I was one of those guys that was saying Stafford was elite when he yeah. was putting up numbers on the lions yeah we both were absolutely and um they just weren't winning games because they're the lions and when they did make the playoffs they got the worst matchups possible almost every time and then you know that playoff game against the cowboys that was some bullshit refereeing out there lions yeah des should have never had the chance to not make that catch yeah (laughs) um but uh I, I just I think this is this is I, I do think this is gonna be a close game unless Aaron Donald like really, really like destroys what the Bengals are trying to do on offense, which is entirely possible the dude is that good. Um uh, other than that, I do think this is gonna be a, a higher scoring game. I think this is gonna be like low thirties, at least one team in the low thirties. Um so my prediction officially will be uh thirty one twenty seven Rams. Um, I have, I'm not going to make a prediction just because I live in the city. It would Fair be enough. biased. It would be biased. So I'm just going to avoid all that. I will say though that <clears throat> one of these quarterbacks is going to throw a pick six. I'm feeling it. Yeah, I'm feeling it. Well, neither, neither defense can catch. So I don't know. I don't know. Well, it looks like the Bengals have been catching this postseason, besides they did Eli drop Apple. a, they dropped a couple. Yeah, Eli Apple. Well, basically, Eli Apple dropped a couple. Yeah, and Jalen Ramsey has dropped a couple for the Rams. Jalen Ramsey had the 49ers game would have been over. He got hit right in the number and just dropped a pick, and then Eli Apple did the same thing. Yeah, but neither one of them are Chiquisky Tart. So, yeah, that was you, you got a feel for the guy. I feel to him to an extent, but there's also a reason DBs aren't wide receivers. So, yeah. got bricks for hands. Absolutely got bricks for hands. So, but I think I think that's all we got. Um, so, uh, for everyone that listens in, we're going to start doing episodes on Tuesdays. Um, we'll try to ramp up to two a week once we get closer to March Madness and cover every round. Um, but yeah, this is we're going to try to be our normal schedules. We're going to record on Tuesdays. We'll give you all the episodes on Wednesdays. And we'll try to keep churning these out now that me and him are gotten our lives pretty normal. Uh, yeah, dude, it's exciting. We'll get back into it. This is, this is fun stuff. Yep, for sure. Thank you guys for listening. And, yeah, it's great to be back. Hopefully we have a great Super Bowl, have a great Pro Bowl. And Great commercials. Rooting for the commercials. Oh, also – very, I for once, and I have some very high hopes for the Super Bowl halftime show. So, I have high hopes that it actually happens because 
California has weird laws. That's all I'm going to say. We'll see. But all right, man. It was uh, thank you everybody for listening. We'll see you again next time.